As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to a special midweek edition of Head of the Pack Craziness going on with free agency, obviously. News never stops. Right before we came on here, um, tweet from me and Rappaport, the Packers restructured Zedarius Smith's contract to create cap space, allowing them to sign Aaron Jones. I think it, this was obviously expected, some sort of move with Zedarius Smith, um, whether it was an extension or a restructure, but teams have to be officially under the cap by later today at the start of the new league year. And Bill, like you said last night, you know, mathematically or according to over the cap or our numbers, it, they may not be there yet, but rest assured, Brian Gutekunst and Russ Ball know when to get under the cap. So maybe those moves just come out later, but it seems like they're starting to uh, make those moves or they have at least made them to to get under that cap number. Yeah, there's this theory out there. Well, I mean, not a theory, but this belief among the, the people that the Packers are going to be scrambling to get, no, nobody's scrambling, Right. I, right. I, th- I think the, the big domino was, could they sign Aaron Jones? They sign Aaron Jones. Okay, so this is where you are cap-wise. Now you got to figure it out. Um, of course, they probably had a contingency plans for that too. So, um, yeah, I, I would think Brian Gutekunst is in total control of this, and he will not be fined by the league um, at 3 p.m. tomorrow by being over the cap yet. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I meant. So let's talk about a couple of the moves the Packers have have made this week. Not too many, but we'll start with the big one that happened a couple days ago extending Aaron Jones. Um, four years, $48 million, $13 million signing bonus. And honestly, I was a little surprised by it. I wasn't shocked because there had been some reports that they were really trying to retain him before uh, that legal tampering period started. I think Pelissero said that right, a couple minutes before it happened. But what, what were your feelings on that? I, I'm not one to be like, oh, they paid a running back. Because guess what? It could work out perfectly, and having Aaron Jones in the offense for the next four years, especially the next couple, could work out better than if they use that money elsewhere. So, yes, I understand when people say, oh, you don't pay running backs, and I think that's what you're about to say, but honestly, <laughs> for the amount that he changes the game, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, the $13 million signing bonus kind of puts the rest of the money in, into irrelevancy, doesn't it? If, if you're worried about... And look, I, I wrote a story before free agency. I wrote one after he signed. 
of the 10 highest paid running backs last year, um, I would say three of them earned their money. Three. So that's not a good success rate. But if it's only the $13 million of signing bonus that's guaranteed, which I, it must be, right, Matt? Because otherwise, Rosenhaus is taking a victory lap over $30 million of guaranteed money. So if it's really only that $13 million, mm-hmm. $48 million is irrelevant, and the risk in it is thrown out the window, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think obviously the, the details of the deal aren't in yet, so we'll know more in terms of the cap hit this year and you know all the exact numbers down the road because as you guys know, you got to be wary this year of when you see tweets of, how much a deal is worth or, you know, a deal worth or spanning four years worth up to a certain amount, you know, whatever you read is not what the deal actually costs. Like Taysom Hill signed a four year, $140 million extension with the Saints (laughs) and that's not nearly what it is. So I I think at least on the surface, it looks like a, a reasonable deal for Aaron Jones. I think he's now like the seventh highest paid running back in the league in terms of uh, average annual salary with, with that being the 12 million, but you know, We'll learn more about those uh, exact details. But in terms of what it means for the team, you know, I, I, I like the the Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon one-two punch. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamal Williams re- reportedly signed with the Lions last night for pennies pretty much. They could have probably signed him back, but, um, you know, those couple million dollars could probably be be worth spending elsewhere. But do you like this backfield for next year? I mean, we saw a little glimpse of what it could do in that Titans game when – Aaron Jones ran for almost 100 yards, got a little nicked up there in the middle of the game, and A.J. Dillon kind of got going when he came in, ran for 124 yards and two touchdowns. I think, you know, if they went into this season with just A.J. Dillon, I think they would have been fine. But with Jones and Dillon, they're really going to be able to sell that play-action game a lot more, and they were the best in the league at play-action. I think Rodgers, during the regular season, if I'm not mistaken, had 21 touchdowns and no interceptions on play action, whatever it was, he was the best play action quarterback, passing quarterback in the league. And I think bring Jones back will probably allow that to happen again. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal signing. Um, look, great players change games. Um, he's I mean, kind of a stupid thing to say, but I mean, every time the guy gets the ball, there's a chance that he's going to go score. And, and those guys are so valuable. And, you know, he runs it. He he catches. He's turned himself into a pretty good blocker. There, there's nothing the guy doesn't do well. Um, by all accounts, he's a, he's a great locker room guy, a, a great teammate. He's like everything you could ever want in a player with that big play element. I mean, he he, he wins football games. I mean, look at the week. I just I mean, I, I wrote about it about an hour ago, that, that week two game against Detroit, the way Mike McCarthy would have called it in Detroit. <laughs> um he had 236 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it's absurd what that guy can do in 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 every phase of the game. You know, I, with with Rodgers' contract slash career winding down, everybody wants the Packers to go all in, whatever that means. Resigning Aaron Jones is all in, isn't it? This is like you know what there, we we know the risk of signing a con- a second contract running back. We 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 know, we know all that. Screw it. We're going to sign a guy because he can win football games. Yeah, I'm interested to see Aaron Rodgers' reaction because he seemed resigned to the fact at the end of the season that Aaron Jones was gone. And I have to imagine he was doing backflips in his on his Malibu beach house uh, living room or deck or wherever he is right now. And, and he's probably thrilled. I mean, he spoke after that. NFC Championship game, he said, you know, a lot of guys' futures are uncertain, myself included, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. 
I think he thought Jones was gone. So this had to be a little bit of a surprise. Teammates love Aaron Jones. And yes, it makes a difference on the field. Some people may disagree with it in, in that regard, but you can't disagree that that the locker room is thrilled about it. Just look through the comments on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. They love this guy. And he he's a class act. And I think it'll have a good impact on the locker room, which is obviously an important part of, of an NFL organization. So um, that's the Aaron Jones deal. Second most important player that has come up in Packers news, um, Robert Tunyon. Now, I think we feel the same way about this. If you're another team, you're oh, uh, at least if I'm another GM, I'm okay with parting with the second round pick and signing Robert Tunyon to a new long-term deal, given his production. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. They uh, Tight ends who run routes like him and don't drop passes like him and catch 11 touchdowns in a season. Yes, he had Aaron Rodgers, but like we were talking about uh, off, off air the other day, I don't think he's just a product of Aaron Rodgers. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers lost him. I wouldn't either. I, I, I do think it's a big risk. Um, it's three, but it's a three point four million dollars. You know, whatever it is. So, <clears throat> so you know, let's obviously everybody knows the Packers have cap problems. What if some team offered him, I don't know, three years and eighteen million dollars, but you know, ten million of it is is in year one. You know, and Green Bay is, you know, they'll be right at the cap at the end of the day. How are they going to match that? And you're right, it, it is a second round. So the team that signs him, they're not going. They, they might not have to break the bank for him. And B, it's it's a second round draft pick. Well, shoot, there's no guarantee a second round draft pick is going to work out. Right. And I, I love fans too. Well, he's only done it for one year. Well, yeah, it's better than Joe Rookie you're going to bring, who's done it for no years. I mean, what what has Jay Sternberger done in two years? Right. Nothing. What has Deguara done? I mean, he got hurt. Not his fault, but um, yeah, I would. It's an interesting one for sure. Um, I realize that Green Bay's got to pinch some pennies here and there, but it, it is an interesting one where it's a bad tight end draft. Um, free agency's already been picked over with Smith and Hunter going to New England and Gronk staying in Tampa. Um, yeah, if you need a tight end, second round pick and not much money, I, I would be tempted for sure. All right, so feel sorry to interrupt. Field Yates just tweeted out the uh, the details of Zedarius's restructure. So Zedarius, I'm reading Field's tweet. Zedarius Smith had his five million dollar roster bonus and nine point seven six million of his base salary for 2021 converted into a signing bonus. Um, so obviously that is then prorated over the final two years of his contract that created. Seven point three eight million in cap space for Green Bay. So, yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of what I figured um, when I saw restructure from Rappaport. Um, that just gets his contract down to the minimum. He was due, I believe, ten point seven five. So that gets his makes me minimum salary player, but he gets all of his money. Right, and then you know they could, as Field notes here, they could extend him after next season. He's twenty eight now, so he'll be thirty. I guess we'll see. He's been really good in his first two years, but we know how this organization sometimes regards guys in their thirties, like Corey Lindsley, who's now the highest paid center in the league for Los Angeles chargers. Um, yeah. So back to Tanya, uh, I, I think a first round tender, I don't think it, it maybe would have only changed a little. I don't think a team will be willing to give up a first round pick, but do the Packers want to pay that extra, you know, almost two million, whatever it is, uh, the the costs associated with that first round tender. But uh, 
I'd be, I, I think it's 50, 50. Uh, I don't think the patch Packers match a deal because like you said, they're strapped for cash and you know, a team can just front load a deal. And yes, the Packers would, Hey, we know how successful the Packers have been drafting in the second round. Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, you know, Nick Collins, Elton Jenkins, Elton Jenkins, all these guys. But you know, I, I honestly think it's 50-50 because everyone's saying to me on Twitter when I offered that thought on Twitter yesterday, shh, don't say anything. Don't give any GMs ideas. Uh, if GMs around the league aren't considering offering a second-round pick for Tunyon or at least having it on their radar, then I should probably have their job if I'm the only one having that thought. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's Robert Tunyon. A couple small things, and and I don't know if I'll get all these you know, attributions correct, but multiple reports, my reports, your reports, everyone's reports, Raven Green not being tendered, um, Tyler Lancaster not being tendered, Shannon Sullivan is being tendered. Do any of those surprise you? Uh, I was, I don't, I, I didn't, didn't think Shannon Sullivan being tendered was a guarantee, but that position that he plays, that nickel corner, the star in Joe Barry's defense is is pretty important. And I'm not saying they're going to rely on Shannon Sullivan to be Jalen Ramsey, but they don't have anyone else right now to play that role. No, that's right. And there's, you know, people are really upset by that. I mean, it was incredible that you had the, but um, you, need, you need someone to play. And, and this isn't guarantee that he's going to be your nickel slash slot slash star defender, right? And I mean, it's no, it's not guaranteeing it, but by God, you better have somebody. Because as good as Jair Alexander is, he can't cover the entire field. Well, Bill, let me tell you something. If the starting quarterbacks in the division are Kirk Cousins, Jerry Goff, and Andy Dalton, (laughs) you might only need to cover one half of the field. That was a great tweet yesterday, Matt. I mean, what what are the bet we can get into that later? This is a Packers podcast, but I, I'm just dumbfounded by oh, what people the bear- like the bear. People love the Bears talk, though. Uh, it, we, Go on, Matt. Give the people what I'm, they want. I'm, I'm just dumbfounded. How maybe listen? Maybe he's not the starter, and it's not the worst organizational move to say, "Listen, we're screwed. Let's bite the bullet for a year, draft a guy this year." Or if we don't get the guy we want this year, stink and then draft the guy next year. But listen, I know they made a run for Russell Wilson, but from an optics perspective, at least, and maybe that's why I'm not a GM because I'm more concerned about the optics than the actual team building aspect of it sometimes. But you can't be like, oh, this is our move. Andy Dalton is our guy. And I know Schefter tweeted he's their starter. We don't know that for sure. But, I mean, you just got to send the hard knocks cameras to Chicago if it's a Nick Foles versus Andy Dalton battle for starter. I mean, you saw Adrian Amos. He played for the Bears for four years, and he's tweeting the the laughing emoji right after the move. I mean, that should say as much as you need to know about it. Yeah. Um, when he was in his prime, he was, he was a decent quarterback, but... I suppose you need someone there if you're going to go draft, you know, some guy in the in the top ten. You know, have Andy Dalton start for six games, but man, oh man, this is this Packer fans is what you're going to have to deal with at some point. Because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be the starting quarterback here when he's fifty. At some point, it is going to be Jordan Love. It is going to be whoever the hell it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> this could be your life. So <laughs> yeah, enjoy it now, Packer fans, because um, at some point you'll be sat, uh, your team might be signing. 
um, some retread like Andy Dalton. Yeah. So good luck. But for now, enjoy it because you still have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Let, let's touch on that because I know that's some of the questions. So I guess this is when we'll get into the questions. Saw a couple about Rodgers. One of them said, and let me find it so I can give proper credit to the person who asked it. Hmm, where is it here? I can't find exactly who asked it, but the question, and I'll keep looking so I can give proper credit, but the question was about if the Packers don't do anything to Rogers' contract or they don't restructure it to give him more long-term financial security, you know, push some of that uh, signing bonus down the road and prorate it over the final three years of his contract or give him guaranteed money, you get what I mean. What does that say about how they view him? I don't think it's like, oh, we're moving on from you after this year. I just, that's my take on it. I don't think it's, because they've already offered the the strong verbal commitment. Yes, he probably wants that strong financial commitment as well, just to see it. But I don't think that necessarily means we still intend to move on from Jordan or, or to move on from Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love after this season. How about you? Yeah, um, look, just because nothing has been reported doesn't mean not talks haven't taken place, right? I mean, we could get something later today. You know, they're in there, and there's also maybe they're keeping Rodgers in their back pocket. You know, at some point they're going to need some money, and you can you can do something then. You know, maybe two free agents fall in their lap on Friday who they want, and then you, you look. Know, I'm just saying, maybe, maybe all the stuff has been hashed out, and we just don't know about it. Um, I do think they have to do something, though, don't they, Matt? Because, like you said, they they did give them the verbal um, support, but money yeah. talks. And we know this this business, like you, you can say whatever you want, but it's about the moves you make. And, you know, the Packers could say, oh, yeah, we're not drafting a quarterback in the first round. And then they go and draft. I'm not saying they said that, but you get what I'm saying. Like t- people say things all the time. You know, the Texans are saying they're not trading Deshaun Watson. The Seahawks are saying they're not trading Russell Wilson. Next week, both could be on different teams. Like, the NFL is a cold business, and just because they say Aaron Rodgers is our long-term quarterback doesn't mean that he actually is. So that's why that financial commitment is probably important to him, and I don't blame him for that. No, I don't blame him either. Um, everybody wants to know what they're going to be doing, and um, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you deserve to know, don't you? I mean, for all he's done, I'm not saying he deserves to be a Packer for life, because um, that's not um, the case, but you do deserve to know. You, you deserve to know where you stand in the organization, and that would be um, some sort of extension, restructure, whatever it is, to to make those ties go beyond this year. I mean, every, everybody wants to know it. So, um, but again, I just because just because it has that hasn't happened now doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I would I would say. Yep, I agree. And same thing with an extension for Devontae Adams. I think they're going to extend him eventually, but maybe you know, is Darius Smith restructure it was just an. Uh, easier move to well make said. at this time to get them under the cap. Well said. Sometimes you, you, you take the low-hanging fruit first, and especially right. especially with de- with these deadlines coming up. Take the, take the easy path now and get to the harder stuff later. But you, you, Adams, frankly, Adams needs to be the priority at this point because you don't want that guy getting within a country mile of free agency. No, so no, no, no. Get, no, get no, him no, extended, lower, save money, extend him. It's, it's the biggest win-win. Uh, I just got to figure out the logistics of it because – um, how much money you want to pay the guy? What Amari Cooper got five for a hundred? Is that right? I mean, he's, if Amari Cooper's worth that, what is Devontae Adams worth? Yep, a lot. And a lot. right there now, Devontae well Adams, I believe, is the fourteenth highest paid receiver in the NFL. 
So the Packers have him on a bargain right now, as we know from that extension he signed a couple of years back. I think it's like fourteen point five million a year. Nelson Aguilar just got thirteen million a year from the <laughs> from the Patriots. Has he, so Devontae he is the gonna. Pen, be, I wonder if Nelson Aguilar dropped the pen Bill, and the contract. Did with. you watch him in Las Vegas last year? He was really, really good. He dropped a lot of passes. Like he's always dropped a lot of passes. N- not last year. I don't think last year. I think that's why he got this money. I think maybe he did a couple, you know, but I think that uh, I, it's not a stereotype because it's true about his time in Philadelphia, but I think that has kind of stayed with him and he was able to distance himself a little bit from it last year. But yeah, I think Devontae Adams is going to get broken off and, and the Packers are just going to have to deal with that. And then Jair Alexander too. And especially if he has 75 interceptions this year against Andy Dalton, and Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar, nine nine drops according to Pro Football Focus. Last nine. year? Yes, last year he had I nine. stand corrected. Maybe uh, my eye test was wrong. I stand corrected. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I apologize. I stand corrected. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. From Mark Sieber, which second-year players do you think have a chance to make an impact this upcoming season? I'm intrigued by Vernon Scott moving into the hybrid linebacker safety position. I think Scott's one, especially with, mm-hmm. you know, they could still bring Raven Green back. Just because they don't tender someone doesn't mean uh, they don't want to resign them. It just means they don't want them at the price that a tender would would require. Raven Green has, you know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, well, technically he wasn't on IR to finish the 2019 season, but he was inactive for the NFC Championship game after coming off IR for the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. So he was unavailable due to injury to finish all three of his seasons in the league. So, you know, when he's on the field, he's a, he's, everyone's like, oh, he's a, he's a good box safety. I've even said that. Is he though? Like, we don't really know. So I think Vernon Scott could step into that role nicely. Um, AJ Dillon obviously will have an increased role. Josiah DeGuara, I think could be a nice, uh, maybe upgrade over Dominique Daphne and Jay Sternberger, if healthy. Um, who else? John Runyon Jr. I think could slide into the starting lineup at yep. right guard. Uh, if they move, let's say Patrick to center and Runyon to right guard, I, I think he could play a nice role. I don't think Jake Hansen starts at center. I just don't think it, you know, Rogers and LaFleur would entrust a guy who didn't spend a single day on the 53 man roster with, uh, taking over for a first team all pro, but yeah, I think Runyon, DeGuara, Dylan, and, and Vernon Scott are four guys to keep an eye on. Maybe even Henry Black. I know he was undrafted last year, but he he had some nice plays 
this past year and could also play uh, that fifth DB role. Yeah, running was going to be my answer there. Um, how about Simon Stepaniak? Also a sixth-round pick last year. Every, everybody knew he wasn't going to play because he had that ACL tear before the pinstripe bowl, I believe it was. So, um, But he's uh, – yeah, I mean, we know nothing about him, so I, I guess that's my intrigue there is I – Obviously, we didn't, we didn't see him a bit, so I'm interested to see, interested to see what they got there. And you, you mentioned Dominic Daphne. Man, they sure talked him up at the end of the year, didn't they? I mean, he's a great story, but I mean, they, they, they did talk like he's more than just a guy who happened to catch a touchdown pass one day. So that'll interested to see him with um, you know, a few months in the system and see what he can do. And man, what does it say about Jay Sternberger? I know he was coming off a, a bad concussion that cost him three games, but even when he's healthy, he's... A 2019 third-round pick is inactive because an undrafted free agent is undrafted free agent rookie, I should say, is outplaying him after being a midseason pickup. I mean, where did it go wrong for that guy? Well, that's a question from Brando Miller, actually. Excellent. There you go. I didn't even see that. Yeah, there were some whispers um, regarding Sternberger may have been falling out of favor. Any additional context to those whispers? I don't think they're whispers. I think it's no in concrete evidence that he was inactive. Well, when he was healthy and Dominique Daphne was, was active. Um, I just think he hasn't, yes, injuries have been a little bit of a problem, but maybe it's just, he hasn't, I don't know the specifics of it. I don't, I don't know anything beyond just what we're seeing on, on paper and that's him being inactive for Daphne, but you know, maybe it's just, he hasn't picked up the, the offense. He's not, maybe he's not as dynamic. He had, did make a couple nice catches earlier, early in the year, specifically uh, against the Saints. I know he had a touchdown catch against the Texans, but it really does seem like his time is running out. Yeah, I can't argue with you. Um, I, I mean, the, the guy's got to stay healthy, though. I mean, that's I mean, he had, he had the, the COVID, the start training camp this year, and then last year he had that concussion when he got smacked in that inner squad scrimmage with, with Houston. So there goes my t- – there goes the phones. <laughs> um. So I, I mean, they're Bill, Bill, they're re, they're restructuring your contract. Yeah, maybe or maybe it's maybe it's Zedarius Smith's agent getting back to me finally. But um, you go talk, man. I'm gonna go hang up on that person. Continue on. Yeah, no, I mean you you were still talking. I said I said my piece on Sternberger. <laughs> yeah, I just think I think he needs to stay healthy. I mean, having missed um, a, a significant chunk of two, two training camps, not ideal. Yeah. Um, from go ahead. Yeah, Benny one? wants to know. Was Aaron Jones the big free agent signing Gutekunst alluded to in his press conference, or is there another big signing coming? I don't know if he was alluding to Aaron Jones. I think he was just saying, if we need to do a big one, we'll be able to. Um, I think it will be the only big one. I think we could see, like last year, signings like a Christian Kirksey or Rick Wagner, bargain buys. And, you know, this year, those players could be better and have more of an impact than uh, a a Christian Kirksey or Rick Wagner because guys are taking one year deals for cheaper, you know? So we could see a Patrick Peterson or a Richard Sherman or a Xavier Rhodes names that I've said on this show before, or other guys at other positions of need that are more exciting names, but they're at similar costs just because of the, the salary cap and how guys want to, you know, take one year, prove it deals before hitting the open market again next year when the salary cap explodes. So I, I think we won't see another deal financially like that in terms of significance, but there could be another name or two that excites some people is how I'll put it. Yeah. I, I think you made a great point there too, with, with 
with the money where it is going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of veteran players having to settle for a lot less of money than they were paid in the past. I mean, look at the defensive line. I mean, it's, it's a strong group of guys who've been around the block and maybe you can get a guy who's better than Dean Lowry for less money. Um, I, I, I could, I could totally see that. Um, and also, I think you got to look at those guys who get released too. Is I mean, those again, guys the Packers have targeted more often than not. You know, like the tennis, the Titans got rid of Adari Jackson yesterday, former first round cornerback. Um, has played some good football. Is a proven kick returner. Um, I think there's some value in, in guys like that. So I don't think Green Bay wants to mess with their fourth round comp pick for Corey Lindsley. Right, Casey Hayward too. Casey Hayward been around, yeah, a lot, lot of good football here, and um, he wasn't great last year, but. I, mean, I was looking at Sports Info Solutions, and he gave a catch rate of less than 50% last year. Um, that's pretty decent. Pretty decent. From Agrim Joshi, a loyal listener. Well, this question's already been answered, so I apologize. Granted, this question might get answered a few hours after the podcast is recorded. If Zedarius Smith and Devontae Adams' extensions aren't done by the deadline, would the Packers rather restructure some of Rogers' money or part ways with a player? I just, Agrim, I wanted to give you the. Uh, publicity on the pod because you're a loyal listener but in short i think the packers like we said earlier might have just been going for the low-hanging fruit of zedarius zedarius's contract for all we know they could be under i don't expect another big move like a Devonte extension or a rogers restructure to come down they can just do those at a later date if they want to obviously the Devonte extension is going to happen rogers restructure might not but it still could so um from Tish at Hauser 42, what CBs are the Packers looking at in free agency? What do you see Sullivan's role next season back to the slot, or is there a chance he moves to the outside? If the Packers have to move Shane and Sullivan to the outside, they are screwed. <laughs> you know, I, I, I honestly don't think he's ready for that. Um, we saw him kind of get exposed there early in the NFC Championship game. Um, I still think the right move is to go for a proven veteran in free agency and draft a guy high. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, one guy I thought was interesting was Troy Hill from the Rams. Now, he's more of a slot guy, too, so maybe they're not going down that road. But yeah. um, obviously, a guy who knows Joe Barry's defense might be useful. And there's, you know, we, you know, we mentioned Xavier Rhodes, Mackenzie Alexander, too, both Jerry Gray guys with Minnesota. Um, I, I think there's some potentially decent deals there. I mean, Xavier Rhodes had a hell of a good year. As bad as he was with the Vikings in 2019, was as good as he was last year. I mean... Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be a heck of a good cornerback group with with Alexander and Rhodes on the outside, and you know I don't think Shannon Sullivan's a bad player. He shouldn't be outside, but as far as a right, slot, no, nickel I, guy, I think you, he's you a, a serviceable nickel. That's a pretty good th- yeah. trio right there if you could get that done. I, I don't think he's suited for this this star position that Joe Barry has, where you have to be like a Jair or Jalen Ramsey, where you can guard anyone on any part of the field. But I think he's a a sufficient nickel corner. I've got to ask this one because the ending is fantastic from Amma Diesel. Are you hearing any grumbling for Lewis Big Dog coming back? Rogers extension, losing my mind here. And this is the good one. Thank you for doing this. Steve McGarrigy Steve quote, but thank you. Y'all are awesome. Don't hate on my guy, Steve. I don't like that. I know, that. but it was, it was a terrific um, ending to the question. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. They bring Mercedes Lewis back. It's just a matter of you know, getting that done. I don't think he'll have too much interest elsewhere. And the Packers want him back and he wants to be back. Yeah. Some guys are just more valuable where they are. And that's, I would think Mercedes Lewis at that, at this point, he's just 
He's just a lot more valuable with the Packers than he can possibly be viewed any place else, I would think. Yep. All right. We'll get one more, and then I want to talk about one more guy after we do this question. Um, from Kevin Bill, my bold prediction for next season is David Bakhtiari is a freak and will start week one. What's yours? What is my bold prediction? That's a good question. I'm going to say that Devin Funches catches six touchdown passes. Woo! That's, that's a good my one. bold prediction. How about you? That is bold. That's good. Um, that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon each have 1,000 yards. Okay. I like that. Because that's I, pretty I, bold. I, 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 I kind of see the same carry split. You know, you know, like Williams and Jones had, you know, it's probably 60-40 Jones to Williams on carries. If Dylan gets that many carries, he may, he's a no offense to Jamal Williams. AJ Dillon's a hell of a lot better runner. Yeah, I agree. One more guy I wanted to talk about: Tremont Williams. Hung him up after fourteen seasons. You covered him for for a lot longer than I did. I, I got to be around him for one year, but it was poetic, like you pointed out. Thirty-eight career interceptions, postseason included. Number thirty-eight retires on his thirty-eighth birthday. I'll ask you this before before we head out. What is Tremont Williams' lasting legacy in Green Bay? The 2010 playoffs. The wild card game at Philadelphia, the Eagles are driving for the win, and he breaks up Michael Vick's pass in the end zone to, to clinch that game. The divisional game at top seed in Atlanta, every, everybody's seen the pick six of Matt Ryan a thousand times. Packers won in a route. Super Bowl, um, final breakup in that game. Um, he was... For a stretch of four or five years, he legit was as good as any cornerback in football. I mean, he was maybe a step below the Woodsons and Shermans, but not by not by much. From 08 through 14, those seven years, three guys had more interceptions than Tremont Williams. Two of those guys are in the Hall of Fame, Charles Woodson, Ed Reed. The guy was a phenomenal player. He was a terrific guy in the locker room. Um, and he was a reporter's dream. I know I mentioned this on Twitter. He always had time, always. And you've been in the locker room, Matt. When they lose, those guys are out of there. You know, don't don't be in the way of the exit sign because you're gonna get it's gonna be a stampede and you might die. You, you right? I mean, it's it's, it's Green Bay. You you probably had it with the Raiders too, right? If they lose, forget about it. He would sit there for forty five minutes, answering question after question after question. You know, he'd get the first wave of reporters and the next group, he'd be asked the same question six times and he'd answer them all with a smile, with a good answer. He was, he was great in every way imaginable. I think that's a fitting, fitting tribute to him. And it was incredible. Just my, my one season covering him, he, he was 36, but he looked like he could go for five more years. He was really good. And I think that was so great, so great about him. For a position that's so physically demanding, it's not like quarterback where you, where you can maybe extend your career a little longer. DBs don't play until they're 37 years old like Tremont Williams did. And especially, they kind of wilt out, you know, early 30s, mid-30s. Tremont Williams played at a really high level at age 36, and he played in 174 of 175 career games. Amazing. Well, not necessarily. That was until 2019. And then the the in 2020 was kind of a, a fading out period. But through the 2019 season with the Packers, he had played in 175, 174 of 175 games. 
For a DB, that's incredible. When uh, when he resigned here at the end of the year, Rodgers said he looks like he could play 70 snaps today. I mean, <laughs> my good, the guy got an all-pro vote in 2019. Yeah, that's crazy. But big up to Tremont Williams. Great career, and I'm sure he'll enjoy retirement with his wife and kids. Now, before we get out of here, you guys know what this week is all about. Yes, it's free agency, but I want to talk to you very quickly about March Madness and what we got going on at The Athletic with BetMGM. March Madness is here, as you guys know, and The Athletic's college basketball crew, a great crew, brings you the Ding U. That's the space, Ding, D-I-N-G, U, just the letter, presented by BetMGM. We'll cover all of the action, both on the court and at the sportsbook, grabbing insight from The Athletic's college basketball writers and picking the brain of BetMGM's top bookmakers. Join us for our first-round discussion show Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Daily Ding feed, and streaming on the Athletics YouTube channel. Listen, I, if, I just hope Packers free agency news takes a little backseat this week. I'm flying out to Colorado Friday morning to, to spend the weekend with uh, my college roommate. Syracuse is in the tournament. We got an 11 seed. Let's go Orange. 11 seed, 940 Friday night. Brian Gutekunst, if you're going to make a move, consult me first to see if I'm free, please. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if there is Packers news, listen, if they extend Aaron Rodgers, if they extend Devontae Adams, we'll probably have a, a quick, shorter 5-10 minute podcast for you guys just to break it all down. But until then, and if they don't make moves, we'll see you guys probably next week or the week after, after free agency officially dies down. But for me, I'm Matt. For Bill, for super producer Danielle, we appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll talk to you next time.